Good evening, everybody. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. Today, I'm blessed to have Pastor Jared Sawyer Jr. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm amazing. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. Uh, Jared, can you just touch on uh, for me, how did you get into uh, being a pastor? And can you just kind of touch on your upbringing and, and your journey to, uh, you know, from childhood to now, you know, being a, a pastor? Absolutely. Um well, as long as I can remember, I've always loved God and I've always loved church. Um, I've always considered myself to be a church boy, and I think others did too, because I found myself motivated by um, being in the fellowship with other people and um, the opportunity to really serve and worship God. So I always had a yearning to do just that. And when I was five years old, um, as I was active in church at that time, I was a junior deacon and um, just loved coming to church and uh, loved everything that it stood for. I had received my calling to the ministry through a dream. God told me that he had called me to preach the gospel. And um, no one in my family was in ministry, and so I didn't um, have particularly a guide of what uh, that would look like. But one thing that I didn't know was that I needed to step out on faith and do something from me hearing sermons and from me um, um, being in church and, and hearing that being said over and over again. And so the only thing that I knew to do, just as any other uh, five-year-old, was to come to my mom. And I said, Mom, God called me to preach. And it wasn't so much that she didn't believe me as much as it's just that she didn't really take it seriously because I was, you know, five years old telling her that God had called me to preach. So she... Um, after, you know, I told her that and she uh, um, became, you know, interested in, in, um, in um, my ministry, mm-hmm. not at that moment, but after I had went to my pastor at that time and a couple of other pastors and just told them, hey, God called me to preach. God told me to preach. And many of them just kind of looked at me. But one pastor, her name was Pastor Sue Hampton in Decatur, mm-hmm. Georgia, pastor of a small church called uh, Love Divine Ministries, mm-hmm. gave me my opportunity to preach my first sermon. And it was called The Seven Last Words of Christ, and it was on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, God has opened up some amazing doors and has um, allowed ministry to go forward from there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you touched on, uh, you know, from from your youth and in, until now, you know, uh, you get into with the pastoring at the start. You've been doing it now for o- over 15 years. Uh, you've been doing, you know, works in in the church and, and you know, hel- helping others. Just just talk about that journey uh, and, and how powerful that has been that not only do you start in the church, but your, your, your mission is so powerful that it goes global. Just just talk, uh, expand on that a bit for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it is definitely interesting for things in my life to become full circle and mm-hmm. for God to have opened up the doors to go beyond just the church that I was preaching at back then at the age of five and to have now been able to travel all over the world and preach the gospel. Um, stepping out on faith and mm-hmm. doing something is the first piece. And then the second piece is being graceful, um, understanding that there's a difference between being grateful and being graceful. Being grateful is great, but um, being graceful is even greater because it allows the grace of God to 
um, peruse throughout you and then being uh, allowing yourself to be a recipient of God's mercy. I'm constantly asking God for his mercy and acknowledging his mercy when I see it, recognizing that God is who keeps me and that mm-hmm. is not where um, I'm keeping myself or I'm responsible for my success. And that's absolutely not the case. It's God who's keeping me and it's God who is elevating um, God who is allowing things to move and live and have his being. And so, um, yeah, that journey has been, has been, uh, has been long, but it's been nothing but God and just grateful to be an apostle um, that's, uh, that's uh, been able to, to, to be that disciple of Christ and to put my life in his hands. And I'm a true testament. I believe that when you put your life in God's hands, he'll, he'll take care of you. Absolutely. And uh, I I was doing some research and and due diligence about your journey, uh, Jared, and and I came across, uh, you know, that you you were you were blessed to be on, you know, some morning shows and, and, uh, you know, Fox 5 and ABC and different different, uh, you know, mass productions. Just just talk about the impact of that and and how God gave you those those platforms. I mean, just talk about that and just uh, what those moments meant to you and just to see that. Uh, your passion and your calling and, and your true divine purpose in life was being uh, elevated to such a, a platform. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, I think that my, I think that my appreciation of those platforms in media are greater now than before. Back then I was so young that I knew mm-hmm. what was going on, but I didn't realize the impact that was being, you know, um, uh, that, that it was having on, on, on people. Um, now that I'm a lot older and a lot of people talk to me and they're like, you know, I remember you being that young man, you know, 10 years ago that I watched or when I get um, Instagram messages and so forth from um, young preachers that are saying that I was their motivation of getting into ministry. And these are things that I appreciate more so now than before, because back then I was so young, and I knew what was happening, but I just didn't mm-hmm. realize the impact. But now I look back and I say, wow, God is amazing that he's given me those platforms to be um, on ABC and on BBC and on mm-hmm. um, Fox and, you know, the whole nine yards mm-hmm. and uh, media and radio and television and for these um, um, opportunities to really bless a lot of people. Um, I'm very, very grateful and thankful for that and for even appreciating that the best is even still yet to come. Amen. Uh, and uh, can you just touch on? Obviously, you, you've uh, you've been blessed to travel, Jared. Uh, you, you've your workings have not just been in the nation, but on an international scale. What has been uh, your favorite place that you've ever got to uh, visit, or uh, the one that was like most impactful for you? South Africa. Mm-hmm. South Africa tops it for me. The energy, the genuineness. Um, the the uniqueness of their of their worship is absolutely amazing plus of course i love the scenery and um being able to connect with the nature out there but um that i love south africa i love the entire african continent but i love south africa that's probably my favorite place and uh, i was just in south africa back in december of this year i'm sorry last year um and uh, it was an absolutely amazing experience well, um, absolutely. As I'm sure I could imagine. Uh, can, can you as well, uh, you know, obviously you've 
you've been doing this so long and you've had so many high accolades and high achievements and so many prestigious honors. But if there was one impact or one accolade that stuck out most in your mind that you just said, wow, like, I can't believe this happened or this impact was so powerful. What, what, what is that one thing that is just the, the, the moment that just meant the most to you throughout your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably a couple of years ago when I was the first inaugural recipient of the King Center's Faith-Based, um, Faith-Based Leadership Award, mm-hmm. um, that was a huge honor to me for a lot of reasons, but at the base of it, the fact that um, I believe that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was the moral leader of um, the 20th and 21st century. His works back then affected and affect our mobility today and um to be honored by his family and and um, was was absolutely honorable and i've known his family for for years and um his daughter dr bernice a king is someone who i've looked up to and um admire her servant leadership um and how she's been able to to really pick up the mantle of uh King Jean and nonviolence and uh, leadership and what that looks like. And for her to um, see value in what I was doing and what I'm doing to honor me, that was one of the most um, rewarding experiences uh, of my life. Absolutely. And um, can, can you touch on as well, uh, as many of us may know or may not know that as well, you are uh, outside of church you are uh you do some workings in acting and you're also an award-winning author can you just touch on that for me yeah so i tried the whole acting thing out that wasn't particularly my passion but i I did i did a couple of little things in acting and um but i i do love producing i produce a lot of different and a lot of people don't know that but i I produce a lot of different um um short films uh tv Mm -hmm. projects and the whole nine yards where i'll come on board as like an associate producer as a co-producer or something like that um and uh, so I love creating I love being an innovator and all that good stuff um authorship was something that I always wanted to do and I just decided when I was 15 I said why am I gonna sit here and wait until I'm 25 30 or 35 or until I'm established in my you know career until I become a a, a, um you know uh, get uh, this opportunity there that opportunity there for me to just go ahead and write my book so I decided I'm just gonna go ahead and and um and write uh, write my book. And so I wrote my first book back in 2000, probably 13, uh, I Belong to God. And it told the story of um, my journey uh, kind of briefly. It wasn't like an autobiography, but more so mm-hmm. like what are some of the things that I did in order to stay on the Christian path to success that I believed would help others to stay on the Christian path to success. Then two years later, my senior year of high school, I came out with my second book. It was called 911, The Spiritual Emergency mm-hmm. System. That gave a, it was a book to provide um, a, uh, somewhat of a weapon of spiritual warfare because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks don't realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and things in mm-hmm. dark places. And, you know, um, so the book really equips you to have um, what you need in spiritual warfare. And then uh, my third book I came out with, and that was what really probably opened up a lot of opportunities because I had the opportunity to speak at the White House and um, back in 2016 and Mm -hmm. um, um, speaking at the grand opening of the Smithsonian Museum of African-American History. And that was for 
um, my third book, Walking in Victory. And that mm-hmm. one was the one that allowed me to go on tour and to really spread it around the country. I did these revivals called the Say Yes to Victory Revival. And um, it was absolutely amazing. That book um, started a movement for people to realize that God has called us to walk in victory, but not to walk in defeat. That God mm-hmm. has called us to walk in destiny and to walk in opportunity. And um, all that stands for and how to do just that. And then um, my latest book that came out back in 2017 is called Empower Your Purpose. And the reason why I came out with that book was because a couple of months before writing that book, I had found myself in a very perplexed place in my life, honestly, because it wasn't so much that I felt that I had done everything, but it was the first time in my life that I wasn't particularly clear as to what was next. And mm-hmm. um, I knew that I had comprehensively done so much. And then I ended up getting in a car accident a week later, got in a car accident that ended up T-boning me. And um, I ended up suffering a, a pretty big concussion for um, a couple of months. It shut me down. I could not do anything. I couldn't read. I couldn't play the piano. I couldn't um, do anything that would stimulate my brain. No television. You know, it was nothing but talking to folks for about three months straight, even pushed me all the way through to my birthday. Wow. Um, and that was really God doing a new work in me, um, mm-hmm. showing me uh, what my purpose was. And I realized that my purpose, uh, though we all have the same purpose, actually, to serve God and to serve uh, others, God helped me to understand the differential presences of purpose, will, destiny, goals, and how they all work inter, um, inter kind of sectionally with each other. Mm-hmm. And the fact that God has called me to help others discover and drive their purpose. That was what God had revealed to me during this time. So that's why I wrote um, Empower Your Purpose because it was going to be um, a new movement that I felt had never been done before. A movement that would put into perspective um, what purpose living looks like and how it can operate in the lives of God's people. The fact that purpose living isn't um, isn't um, um, purpose living isn't uh, a deficit. Um, mm-hmm. Purpose living puts you into a um, such a prosperous uh, space physically, spiritually, mentally that um, and it becomes very important because I realize a lot of people who are living their entire life never discovering their purpose. You know, there are a lot of folks that are living their entire life never discovering their purpose, folks who are living their life never coming in contact with what God has called them to be and to do. And um, I realized that the grace of what God has given me is a um, steps to discover and drive um, your purpose. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was the last book and, and uh, the most recent of my, of my authorship uh, journey. Absolutely. And can, can you just touch on, uh, you know, uh, like we like we talked on a little bit uh, ago, um, you know, just, you know, you, you, you grow from, you know, your start to you go global, you, you, you go to millions of views on, on certain outlets and, and hundreds of thousands of, of following. And, and and, you know, now you're verified and, and uh, you go to certain conferences and, and they're they're just packed to capacity and 
And, uh, you know, just touch on the, the, the goodness of God in your journey and that if you put God first in your life, that there really isn't anything that can't be accomplished, that we may ask God for the possible, but he will provide the impossible. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's all about making the decision to say yes to God. It's about making mm-hmm. that decision to say yes to God. If you say yes to God, God will say yes to you. He's a fair God. He mm-hmm. is a God of such fairness that we wouldn't even realize it until we try him. And so sometimes we get caught up in putting everybody and everything else before God. We will put our money before God. We will put our um, our um, realities before God, but we have to remember that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not human beings having a spiritual experience. And so, you know, if we're made in the image and after the and after the likeness of God, and we hold God in our essence, and we just make the decision that I'm going to connect to God, and I'm going to say yes to Him, and I'm going to allow Him to work in my life, God will. Um, uh, not only settle you, not only will he provide for you, but he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you won't have enough room to receive. It all does start with a yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a living witness that saying yes to God will um, put you in a place where you um, will depend on his full-fledged reliance, um, mm-hmm. but that reliance is never going to lead you void. Uh, even amidst all that we've got going on right now with COVID-19 and folks are wondering, mm-hmm. you know, how am I going to make it? How am I going to eat? How am I going to um, push forward, et cetera, et cetera. Folks have to realize that this is the time for us to put our focus on God. If we put our focus on God, God will center us in the middle of provision. He will give us the grace to finish the race. He will protect us and he will ensure that we are in the space that we need to be in order for us to thrive and to move forward and to make amends. The fact of the matter is that all we have to do is just say yes to God. If we say yes to God, that's all that we need to do because God will do the rest for us. Absolutely. Amen. And uh, can, can you just touch on you? You, you know, you, you were elaborating on it on it there. Uh, can you go a little deeper? Uh, just. Uh, of anybody right now that's in isolation or in quarantine or maybe, you know, just has some, uh, you know, mental roadblocks right now. They're, they're kind of in a dark spot because of this isolation and, and, you know, they're, they're kind of anxious and a little bit depressed. Can you just uh, touch on some reassurance, uh, 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 you know, a powerful just kind of encouragement uh, to them that we, we will be all right. We will, uh, you know, face adversity and we will conquer, we will prevail. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. So, you know, when 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 I first heard of this virus and realized mm-hmm. how immensely it was growing, I was reminded of the story of Moses in the Bible, Moses mm-hmm. and the Israelites, where God told Moses to go back to Egypt and to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And that um, when Moses said, you know, I'm not equipped for me to do such a thing and the people are not going to listen to me. And God said, well, I'm going to take care of that. You just do what I told you to do. And so Moses goes and does just that. And when he does that, the Bible says that Pharaoh, you know, told him no. And so God had to send 10 plagues of which the ninth plague was the plague of darkness. And the 10th plague was the plague of the death of the firstborn. And the Bible Mm -hmm. says that God protected the Israelites. He protected those who were 
uh, his Hebrew people, his chosen people, because um, he told them that all you had to do is just take the blood of the lamb, the sacrificial blood of the lamb, and just paint it over the doorstep. And if you painted that over your doorstep, over your doorpost, rather, that um, that that the death angel would pass you by. And so, as I thought about um, um, as I thought about everything that was that was going on, uh, that that was going on, um, mm -hmm. you know, now uh, I realized uh, that whereas a lot of people are like, you know, we've never dealt with a situation like this before. And in one sense, in the physical, we're absolutely right. We've never dealt with a situation like this before. There's a reason to be um, uh, extremely concerned. There's a reason to be cautious because we've never mm -hmm. seen something like this before. And I understand why everyone is uneasy. I've been uneasy in several moments. I've got mm -hmm. grandparents and great grandparents who anytime they will call and say that they are sick or anything like that, it makes me wonder, oh my goodness, I pray that everything is going to be all right. And so it's mm -hmm. normal and okay to be concerned, but what we ought not to do in this moment is to be fearful. We ought not to be fearful because we've seen this before. We're calling a pandemic in the physical, but in the mm -hmm. spiritual, we ought to be calling this. We ought to be calling this a uh, a plague, because this mm -hmm. is simply just a plague that has been sent to, um, to, to 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 send us into a new place, a new realm of freedom and deliverance in our lives. And just like with the Israelites, they had to experience this plague too. Um, the mm -hmm. Israelites had to experience the plague and the Egyptians had to experience the plague. Of course, it was at the wrath of the Egyptians, um, but it was at the um, grace of the Israelites. In the same way that God told the Israelites to um, go into their homes and to put the blood of uh, the sacrificial blood of the lamb over, the do over, the, uh, over their doorsteps, the same way God is telling us, go home. Um, just like he told Isaiah 26 and 20, go home, my people, and lock your doors, hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger is past. We need to do the same thing and just go home and begin to plead the blood of Jesus over our lives, plead the blood of Jesus over our families, plead the blood of Jesus over our bodies, plead the blood of Jesus over our jobs, our employment, plead the blood of Jesus over our schools, plead the blood of Jesus for community peace, plead the blood of Jesus for our churches. We need to plead the blood of Jesus for all of us on this um, on this podcast who mm -hmm. has been uh, finding themselves in a position where they not only feel uneasy, but they feel as though in addition to them being uneasy, they're just unhinged. Uh, mm -hmm. Things just seem to be going out of control. Um, keep your eyes on the prize. The eyes on the prize that I'm talking about is not keeping your eyes on 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 things that are not there because you know we, we we can't focus on the things that are not there we've got to focus on the things that are there what is there mm -hmm. is jesus jesus is right that he's been there every step of the way um god has this wonderful thing called mercy and the mercy of god is everlasting and when we say it's everlasting he means it he will keep you and not only will he keep you but it says in the scripture that he will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. What the devil wants to do amidst all of this that's going on is the enemy wants to keep us focused on everything else. He wants us to focus on the news. He wants us to focus on the money that's not in the bank. He wants us to focus on um, uh, sickness and mm -hmm. um, disease. The devil wants us to focus on all these different things and he does such a good job at diverting our focus off of what it should be and just 
putting us in such a frenzy because he knows us more than we know ourselves sometimes. He knows what can tick us off. He knows what can make us angry, what can make us uneasy, what can make us anxious. And we have to put ourselves in a position where we know, you know what, even though the enemy is strong, even though the enemy is um, knowledgeable, uh, he is not my God. And he can only do what God has allowed him to do. And the only thing that God has allowed the enemy to do in our lives is to um, send us into a new focal point. And we've got to stand in the gap, number one, for ourselves and number two, for other people. And Mm -hmm. so that way we can put ourselves and others in a position where we can say, all right, I'm not going to focus on what I don't have. I'm not going to focus on what I do have because none of those things matter. The only thing that I do have in the spiritual that matters is God. I'm Mm going to focus on God. I'm going to start my day with God. As we've got this whole 14 or however long this is going to take a quarantine. Mm -hmm. If we just wake up in the morning focusing on God, if we, if we, if we change our screensaver to a scripture so that we can find ourselves having a pivotal reminder all the time when we even begin to worry, but we're just thinking, Jesus, 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 we'll find ourselves in a peaceful place because God said, I'll keep you, I will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on me. Amen. And, you know, you, you touched on some key things there. And, and one of which is, you know, uh, you know, daily, you should, you should read the Bible or look at a scripture or you should uh, read a Bible app or you should, uh, you know, get on Jared's, uh, social media outlets and look at some of his uh, inspiring messages and his words of promise and encouragement, um, you know, things of that nature, just put your mind at ease and just, uh, you know, make time for God. Because when you make time for God in life, you, you put yourself in a position to walk in an, an abundant amount of blessings. When you give thanks and when you come to God humbly, um, you know, I just also want to touch on Jared. Uh, you know, recently I've had some people like, uh, you know, I'll post something and, and, you know, some words of promise from God and, and, some absolute truth in, in, in a biblical uh, terminology or sense, uh, you know, where somebody may be in, in the state that we're in, they may be questioning God. Just touch on that, that uh, nobody has that type of uh, power or, or authority uh, in this world, not even a king, a, a queen, the president, uh, not the head of the army. Uh, j- just kind of elaborate on that, that anyone's who, whose faith right now may be diminished some or they may be uh, questioning God right now. What, what, what is your message on that? Yeah. And, you know, that's 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 definitely how people are feeling right now. Um, And Mm -hmm. people have been feeling that way really for a long time. This has really been a matter of a buildup, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to go throughout the world um, without recognizing that God has the whole world in his hands. It's really Mm -hmm. easy to go throughout our lives without acknowledging that God is the one who before we were placed in our mother's womb knew us and had Mm -hmm. ordained us to do something great and because it's so easy for us to move like that, because it's so easy for us to peruse like that in our lives, we find ourselves in a very um, perplexed uh, state now because um, God is really showing us that no man has the ability to do what I can do. God can put a stop to all of this. God can in this with just the snap of his finger or with just the enunciation of his voice. That's the type of God it is that we serve. And God is showing us better than he can tell us because I believe that he's been trying to tell us for a long time that Mm -hmm. what he can do is greater than what we can do. 
And I believe that people, if we were just to, at this point, look and see, you know what? God is the source of my strength and the strength of my life. That each and every day I'm making it literally because of the grace of God. God is showing us right now that money doesn't matter, that status doesn't matter. We're all affected by this. We're all one body. And he's showing mm -hmm. us that we have to be connected to him in order for us to be able to get through it. In order for us to be able to get through it, we have to be connected to this. We've got to heed to what the answer to all of this is. Um, we are looking for our faith right now. We need to take heed to the answer to all of this. And the answer to this is what the Bible tells us. And I believe it's either Second Chronicles 7 or First Chronicles 7, where it says, if mm -hmm. my people, which are called by my name, would number one, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. The Bible says, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And that is what we need to do right about now. We need to do those three things. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked ways. So first, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to identify that, you know what, with God, we're everything, but without God, we're absolutely nothing. And he's showing us right now. He's waiting for a public admittance from each and every one of us to say, you know what, God, I give it up. I give up my uh, independence and I'm deciding to no longer be independent, but to be interdependent. God wants mm -hmm. us to be interdependent on him and not to be independent without him. Um, secondly, he's telling us that we need to pray. We need to get down on our knees and we need to begin to submit our prayers to God, pour our hearts out to God and really connect with his spirit in ways that we've never connected before. Number three, we need to uh, seek his face. We need to seek his face and we need to beg for God to show us who he is, show us who he is for ourselves, not for uh, someone else before ourselves because the way that you see God may be different from the way that I see God that's what we call relationship and that's where God works in us is because you know God may show you um, him in one way and show me him in another way and the fact that he shows us himself in different ways is what makes him such a beautiful God um, that's why beauty can be in the in the eye of the beholder because God himself is the example to that um, and then number four We've got to turn from our wicked ways. Um, this is a time for us to get our houses in order. This is a time mm -hmm. for us to decide that we're going to focus on trying to live the best type of life that we can live because God has given us the time now to slow everything down, slow every bit of a distraction that's been in our face, to slow it all down so that we can focus on who he is and who he has called us to be. Amen. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, elaborate on that. And, uh, you know, that's such, uh, you know, pivotal uh, factor, you know, that we, you know, we come humbly to God and we, we change our ways and we and we remember that, you know, uh, this conversation we're having and everything we do in life, the, the air we breathe to uh, our bodies moving to the, the blessings we have, that it's it's not from us. It's not from man. It's not from woman. It's, it's from uh, our Lord and Savior. It's from the most high. It's from God. Uh, you know, it, it's so key that, you know, like you touched on, uh, just want to kind of touch on here too. Uh, during your say yes to victory tour, uh, you, you received some highly praised from DC young fly. What did, what did that mean to you, Jared? Like just to have somebody so iconic and, uh, you know, really a, a name that is so recognized, uh, to, to, to see the workings that you were doing and to, to give you praise. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. It was, it was really, really wonderful. And, um, he's such a comedic person. He's very, very funny, and he's always cracking jokes, and he came and brought such a great spirit uh, because laughter is a really great medicine that we need to 
go ahead and start kind of uh, feeding ourselves right now in the midst of all of this that's going on is just to uh, wake up, smile, laugh. And uh, it was it was really, really great to uh, have gotten um, praise and support from people um, like him and folks like, um, um, uh, you know, a bunch of folks who were on the tour. Oh, when mm-hmm. I was in D.C., uh, uh, President mm-hmm. Obama and um, wow. uh, Oprah Winfrey and all of these different people who um, were able to, you know, endorse uh, or support the book. And it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, experience. Absolutely. And j- just touch on uh, what that meant to you. I mean, it, it doesn't there's there's arguably, uh, you know, it, it, at least in the in the the human realm, there, there's not a name really bigger than than the Obama name and just, uh, you know, just the impact he's had on our country and all across the world and and uh, how he's able to been, uh, conduct himself as president and, and outside of president and uh, as a family man and and so many uh, things. What, what did that mean to you? I'm sure that just had to be almost uh, mind boggling, almost you were at probably at loss for words of, of what his support meant towards you. It did. Absolutely. Um, that same weekend, so much had happened. I had had a chance to meet Oprah and I had mm-hmm. had a chance to be in the presence of so many amazing people that weekend, Will Smith and Samuel Jackson and um, the Bushes were there, the, the George Bush, um, the, the mm-hmm. younger one and, um, and, and his wife, Laura Bush and representative John Lewis. And uh, it was just a, astounding Patty LaBelle, um, you know, just an astounding experience. And uh uh, being in the presence of all these greats that 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 weekend, um, mm-hmm. starting with President Obama, I felt like it couldn't top it. Um, and then, you know, God just started to send me in the presence of all these amazing people. Even that's actually where I met Kobe Bryant that weekend, actually. Wow. Um, and that was, you know, it, that's what I thought about when he had passed away uh, a couple of months ago. I had thought about uh, the fact that that was when I had the opportunity of uh, of meeting him was that weekend. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And um, can can you just, uh, you know, just um, anybody who's kind of intrigued of, of getting into ministry or, or, you know, wants to be a reverend or a bishop or a pastor, whatever it may be. Can you just kind of give us uh, what, what is a what is a week like you, Jared, look for? Like, uh, you know, what what is it? What are some of the, the duties and, and, and some of the, the things, the calls of concerns that the, the actions you have to do and in, in your duties and and things of that nature, whether it be prayer calls or, or Bible studies or, uh, you know, your, your, your workings in the church or your workings in the community. Just take me through like a, a week of your life, what it looks like as a pastor. Yeah. So every week is, is always different. Uh, of course, Sundays I'm at church, but a lot of people think that, you know, as a pastor that you are just in church, you know, let's say at, um, at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, and then you just do your service by one o'clock or something like that. And you're squared away, but that, the week um and of course it requires a lot of preparation mm-hmm. bible studies several prayer calls and visits you know to the hospital um being mm-hmm. able to make sure that uh folks know that uh that you genuinely do care about them serving them communion um and then of course handling the business mm-hmm. of the church and actually being there as well um so yes all of that uh, um all of that is uh as a part of my, my weekly experience. And then of course, you know, other things mm-hmm. that I'm involved in with my nonprofits and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And g- give me a uh, right, perfect. Um, so so as I was, uh, you know, as we were kind of there in conversation, uh, I'll get back to it. Um, so g- give me a, a, a real world experience. Uh, you don't have to get much into uh, a lot of uh, detail or, or any exacts as far as names or anything, uh, you know, Give me a, a a real powerful scenario where you witnessed a miracle somewhere in, in your uh, you know in your workings with with uh, God's children where where you just knew that it was from no other than it was from God that a situation just looked impossible but God God allowed it to uh, you know be be uh, blessed and 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 where you witnessed a miracle. Absolutely, I can't think of one very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I can think of numerous situations in which God has opened up doors, Mm -hmm. um, for people financially and been able to, um, receive unexpected checks, people being healed of their bodies, Mm -hmm. um, when the doctors have given them, um, you know, a a, a command of death, so to Mm -hmm. speak, and God showed them that all sickness is not unto death. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I can think of numerous situations which God has uh, made that uh, relevant and clear. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, you know, just touched on that there for, for a moment. Uh, Jared, as we, as we get ready to wrap up here, what is some, some, some last words of encouragement, last uh, offerings of any knowledge or insight or uh, any, uh, you know, powerful aspects of faith? What are, uh, you know, I'll just give you this moment here to kind of, uh, allow us to wrap up whatever you want to touch on, whatever, uh, you know, your heart compels you to, t- to talk about or whatever is on your mind heavily today. Uh, you know, I'll just give this uh, moment for you to to use your voice. Absolutely. Well, you know, we don't know why God is doing what he's doing or what's going on. But one thing we do know is that God is in control and that he hasn't lost control just because things are not going our way. We know that he's got the whole world in his hands. We know that he's trying to get our attention. And I'm believing that this is a wonderful, gracious time for us to um, really appreciate not just the goodness of God um, and not just the grace of God and not just the favor of God, because I think we spent a lot of time focusing on that. But I want to encourage everyone on this podcast today to uh, begin to appreciate at most the mercy of God and to recognize that whereas grace saves you and favor blesses you, it is the mercy of God that keeps you. The fact of the matter is that God has been keeping uh, many of us day by day. And it's nothing, oh, what it is to be kept by Jesus. That's what the old saints used to say. And so let's continue to keep our heads to the heels uh, from what's coming thy help. Where does all of our help come from? Scripture tells us that all of our help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and the earth. And so we're just so grateful to God for him being lord of all he's lord over our money he's lord over our health he's lord over our families he's lord over our schools he's lord over our communities he's lord over our government and he sure enough is lord over our churches and so we ought to in this moment submit ourselves to god and declare that god is the way the truth and the life and so this is uh my encouragement to each and every one who's listening to this right now. Amen. And um, uh, Jared, if you wouldn't mind uh, just in this last moment here, can you just conclude us with uh, uh, some words of prayer and just uh, we'll end off here on a prayer. I would appreciate that. 
Absolutely. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your grace, mercy, and favor. We thank you that your mercy is new every morning and is everlasting, as scripture tells us. We thank you, God, that you are so powerful, that you are so uh, wonderful, that you are so gracious, uh, that you have a plan for each and every one of us, even in the most difficult of times. We thank you that you uh, will guide us through these times just as the shepherd guides the sheep. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you will send us provision, that you will send us wisdom, that you will send us the confidence of your word that will be a lamp unto our feet and a, and a light unto our path. Uh, that you will uh, allow us or that you will encourage us to take up the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith so that we can truly um, be the weapons um, of warfare, of spiritual warfare during this time. We know that uh, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Um, we praise you, God, that you have equipped us for a time as this, and we thank you that you've got the whole world in your hands. Uh, God, touch every heart of every man and woman of God that's listening to this, that feels distressed, that feels discouraged, that feels disconnected. Let them know that you are able to work in their life just as much as you're able to work in another. Let them know that you're no respective person, that you want to do something great in their life even right now, that you have a plan for them. But that's the reason why they're still here, just like you told Jeremiah before uh, they were placed in their mother's womb, that you knew them. And we praise you that you are uh, a God that is uh, a God of second chances, a God of direction, a God of, of, of objective. And we thank you that uh, even as we are uh, going through all that we're going through, that if we submit to your word, uh, that tells us that if your people, which are called by your name, would just humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then you would hear from heaven. You'll forgive their sins and you'll heal their land. And so right now, God, we pray that you will heal this land like never before, that you'll heal us and uh, not just heal us, but restore us back to wholeness. In the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. Amen. And uh, again, I just want to thank you again, Pastor Jared, uh, you know, for coming on the podcast and, you know, really just taking your time and given us uh, a lot of knowledgeable insight that, you know, we all need in this time and a lot of uh, comfort and reassurance. Uh, let, let people know where they can find you at Jared and where they can see your workings, please. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, they can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uh, Jared Sawyer Jr. All right. And again, thank you so much for your time and, and for that uh, reassurance of faith that we so desperately, desperately needed in this time. And, uh, you know, I, I wish you much success in, in all your endeavors, Jared, and, and may you be uh, safe, happy and healthy during this time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're, you're welcome. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Bye bye.